God is good. Ready for some word? Let's get after it. Come on, if you brought your Bible with you, get it out, get ready to go. If you have a real paper Bible like me and Paul and Jesus, then get that out. If you have none of the above, we'll put it up on the screens for you until you can get your own. I mean, no church is not to, not to be the only place where we hear God's Word. Thank you, Lord. Did I tell you where to go? Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. We've been in a series now for the last month entitled, Matters of the Heart. And uh, in talking about the heart, we're speaking of the inward man. We're speaking of the, the part of us that controls the outside. Many times it's, it's uh, been unknown. People have not recognized the reality of how life works. And so they endeavor to alter their lives, alter their, their um, conduct, their behavior, their words. And they do it from the outside in. But there is a, a spiritual principle and a truth that if we will fill up to the full our hearts with something good and something desirable, that will outpour our overflow through our lives. It'll, it'll alter the way we think, the way we act, and the way we speak. And you find out from Scripture, if you say something and believe it in your heart, it comes to pass. Jesus taught us that. So it would, it would serve us all well if we would govern the inside, govern the contents of our hearts. Let's read the verse. Proverbs, Proverbs 4.23 Keep your heart... With all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Out of what? Out of the heart. Not out of the bank. Not out of your family. Not out of your job. No, 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 no. Out of the heart spring the issues of life. The NIV reads this way. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Strong language there. Strong, very strong language. Everything you do flows from it. And then the New Living Translation reads, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And so what I'm doing now, what I'm saying today, is a result of what I've put inside of my heart. All right. So, seems pretty logical, pretty simple. This is how we can alter it and, and change direction if we so desire or even strengthen the right path that we're already on. One of the things we've been uh, doing over the last few weeks is, is identifying certain heart conditions. All right. If you have a bad heart, sometimes you need a little surgery. You need to, need to put some things together, but we're not talking about your pump, not talking about your arteries. Not talking about that type of stuff. Again, we're focusing on the uh, what the scriptures calls the hit. The scripture calls the hidden man of the heart, and and as we've been able to identify some of those conditions, some of the fixes are kind of built into the explanation. And I'm not dealing with all types, but as I'm led in my study and my prayer, I bring these things out, and you know. What do you know? God knows what He's doing, and He gives to me exactly what people need at the moment, and so I'm thankful for that. I'm not that smart, but uh, I am able to yield. 
I am able to, to, to hear from God and bring you these messages. So I want to, I want to talk today about one, a heart condition that might catch you off guard from the start. So I just want everybody to hold your seat. <laughs> and, uh, and, and hold on real tight as I explain the heart condition I want to, I want to minister on today. And that is, everybody ready? It's the stupid heart. Okay? I want to talk to you about the stupid heart. And I don't use this term in a derogatory or demeaning way. Uh, it is a, it, it's a description of a very, very serious heart condition. Okay? I'm not implying that the person who has this heart condition is unintelligent. I'm not implying that they're not educated. Okay? I'm not talking about they don't have a depth of knowledge and maybe have degrees and experience and a wealth in, in various areas of life. But I am not, uh, like I said, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that's more important. Okay? This is more serious than not being educated. It really is. This is more serious, more important than, than the level of someone's IQ. Huh? I mean, we all think it'd be great to have highest IQ possible. This is more important than that. You'd be better off with a lower IQ and a smart heart, <laughs> if I could use the contrast, uh, in life. Your life would be better. Really would. Okay, so let's, let's get into this a little bit. I want to look at Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, the, the word, the English word stupefy means this, it's defined this way, make someone unava- unable to think or feel properly, okay? If someone is stupefied, then they're not thinking and feeling properly, they're unable to do so. Okay, this person, now when I'm bringing this back into the context of, of spiritual things, this person is unable um, to receive. They're an unreceptive person when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the, the promises of God, the blessings of God. They, they refuse to understand. It's, uh, you'll see it as we go. But they don't understand things. To get, to get that person healed is very difficult, even though God wants them that way. It can be it can be quite challenging, and so um, we want to get into this. Matthew chapter thirteen, beginning in verse ten, thirteen and ten. And the disciples came and said to him, "Why do you speak to them in parables?" Ever wondered that? Well, they wondered that too, and he told them. Verse eleven, he answered and said to them, "Because it has been given to you." To know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Now, how many are thinking already you want to be a you and not a them? Uh, I want to be a you, I don't want to be a them. Because Jesus said, it's not given to them, but it is given to you. So I'm going to talk in parables so they don't get it. Wow. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty strong. So we can see here that Jesus used parables to, to keep... Some people from knowing kingdom principles. He's keeping them on the he's keeping them in the dark concerning some of these very, very precious truths, some of these valuable promises. He's keeping some out, and he's taking some others and taking them up. Amen. This is kind of uh, kind of reminds me of the Garden of Eden. 
you recall that amongst the many, many, many trees that God had given to Adam and Eve, there were a couple that were really important. One of them was the tree of life. One of them was the tree of the knowledge of, the, of good and evil. They were told, eat from one, don't eat from the other. What did they do? The opposite. They didn't eat from the tree of life. They did eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And after they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, something was required of them. Do you know what was? Because you know what happened. As soon as they ate, they spiritually died. They had that separation spiritually from God. And so immediately what happened is they were driven out of the garden. Because of the condition of their existence then, they had to be removed from eating of the other tree. If they would have ate from the tree of life first, they never would have eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But because they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were not allowed to eat from the tree of life. Okay. What would happen if they did? Well, they would have been, they would have been put in a permanent and perpetual condition of living forever, yet spiritually dead. I mean, wouldn't that be horrible? So actually it was to their benefit, it was to their good for them to be removed after they made such a poor choice in doing what was wrong. But you can see the principle again, when someone has the right thing in them, they get more. But when someone does not, and when they do not access those good things inside of them, they get diminished, they get sent to the outside. Okay? If you're on the inside, abundance, more, increase. Let's load them up. Let's keep it going higher and higher. But if you're on the outside, no, this stuff's going to kill you. Hmm. If you're on the outside, you don't, you're not, you can't handle this. I remember when I was in Bible school, we used to joke around after some of us had completed our first year of ministry training. And then there was another group that came in for first year, and uh, we would joke around and say, well, after you, know, af- after you complete one year, you know just enough to be dangerous. You, <laughs> you have to go to the se- second to you know, learn how to use your sword and not cut, pe- cut people and stuff. <laughs> but again, this principle is here. And, and he goes on to say, let's see, did I read verse, thir- verse 12? I intended to already. For whoever has, verse 12, to him more will be given, and to him, and he will have abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So again, it goes to this. When you have the right heart, you get increased. If you don't, you will be kept from the increase. I think of it sometimes in terms of our electronic devices and gadgets we have now. Uh, if you have a cell phone, most of you probably have something that is defined and described as a smartphone. Am I right? You have a smartphone. And, and, and then there, there are a few others lingering, lingering in the, in the crowd and uh, <laughs> holding back progress, limiting our society from advancing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and you have that other kind which we sometimes derogatorily and to make fun, call it a, a dumb phone. All right. How many have dumb phones? All right. See, and not, not afraid to admit it. All right. Just, just. But what does the dumb phone do? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. No. <laughs> well, the, the dumb phone makes phone calls, right? And that's sometimes people think that's all I want it to do is make a phone call. And, uh, but it basically exists in the phone world. All right. It, it's, it's there. It's present. 
it doesn't do. You know, smartphones, they, it seems like they do almost everything these days. And they keep, keep increasing. There's more and more and more. And you can access the world in the palm of your hand with that smartphone. And likewise it is with the condition of someone's heart. Not to despair anyone's phone any further than I already have. Uh, but moving on to more important things. We know that when a person's heart is in, if I could say, dumb mode... Or it has been, uh, it is the, the stupid heart. I'm going to explain that a little bit further. What happens is they have limited their experience. They've limited their ability. They're in the system. I mean, they're a human being on the planet. They are there. They just don't have the ability to access all the many benefits and blessings of God's kingdom. And that's why we want to have that type of heart and deal with the wrong kind. Now, let's continue reading here in Matthew 13, verse 13. It says here, Jesus speaking, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Now that's the word right there. That's the word we're focused on. He said, their hearts have grown dull. That word, that word dull comes from a, a, a Greek word, uh, let me see if I can say it, pachuno. Anyway, what it means, it literally means to thicken. It means, it means to fatten. Okay? This is where the, also the language comes. You'll find that Greek scholars say it means to stupefy. Or to render callous. So it becomes a thick... Fat, calloused, dull, stupefied heart. And listen, this is a real condition. This is not just some message that, hey, that's kind of cool words and and to understand. No, this is a real, serious heart condition. And if we don't recognize it and avoid it, It can really mess you up. How many know when you're talking in the physical sense, if someone has a heart problem, that's kind of serious. Because your heart stops working, you stop working. You can't live without without a functioning pump. When it comes to your spiritual life, this is a real serious condition that hinders a whole bunch of people all the time. And if we'll see what it is, it really... uh, Uh, can be dealt with. But Jesus defined it. He said this, the hearts of this people have grown dull, thick, fat, calloused, no no, no longer working. Then Jesus described it this way. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. So what's going on here? The dull heart has closed eyes and Deaf ears. But we're not talking physical again. We're talking inward. It's a real condition. That someone can have closed ears. And and look look at their eyes. Who closed them? They did. Now, lest we think of this and kind of 
you know, we don't stay on the Lord's side and kind of impugn him. Why, why are you speaking in parables? You're keeping these people ignorant. Keeping these people from knowing this stuff. No, 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 no. Who closed their eyes? They did. Okay? Jesus didn't want their eyes closed. He didn't want them to be uh, uh, non-hearing. He wanted them to receive. But because they closed their eyes, they reaped the results of that condition. Everybody with me today? Okay, so so what happens, we can see, is God in His grace reveals Himself, shows His kindness, His love, His mercy, His plan, His standard, His righteousness, all these things, He shows it, and what happens? Some individuals do this. And they choose to. I mean, it's totally their choice. No one's forcing them, no one's making anyone do it. But by their own act, act of their own will, they close their eyes and say, I'm not going to look at that. Or, or, or sometimes as little kids do. I can't hear you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. You would never do that to God, would you? Now, wouldn't, we wouldn't be so blatant and so childish as to act that way. But sometimes we do. We make some noise. We act like he's not there. We know he's talking to us. huh? But when we do that, what are we doing? Stupefying our hearts. We're making it so the next time around, we understand a little bit less. We see a little bit less. We hear a little bit less. It's a condition of dullness in inwardly. And it's a real big problem. Um, think about this. Man, let's read the, read, read the rest of that verse. Their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest... They should understand with their hearts and turn so that, so, so that I should heal them. So what, what's, what's happening? Close their eyes. They're no, long, no longer hear. They no longer see. And as a result of that, no longer understand. And if you don't understand, what, what, what won't you do? You won't turn. What if you won't turn? You won't be healed. That speaks of God's blessings. So there needs to be a seeing, a hearing, and understanding so that because of that understanding, we can turn. Why would someone turn? Because their desired destination is a different direction than they're going. That's when you make turns. Okay? If you're going the wrong way, turn. What if you don't know you need to turn? You won't turn. What if you don't turn? You'll end up in the wrong place. What is it? What kind of place is it? I'll tell you this, it's not one of healing. It's not one of God's favor and blessings and restoration in your life. Hallelujah. Don't get too quiet on me here today. We're just having fun. We're just talking. Just having a family discussion. Doing a little heart surgery. Okay. Now think about this. Why do some individuals not get saved why do some not receive the forgiveness of god eternal life why would someone not do that well you know the answer biblically is this they're blind they're blind satan is called the god of this world and he has come to blind the minds of those who don't believe i mean it really doesn't make any sense once you see once you have seeing eyes 
and you see the reality of God and His goodness and His love and His plan for our future and heaven and all His glory and, 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 and know that there's more, much more beyond our comprehension, you think, who in the world wouldn't want this? You'd have to be like blind like all of us once were. Like many people are. And what happens sometimes is one person gets their eyes open and they have this wonderful new relationship with God and it's the most exciting thing in existence. And they try to share that with someone else. And they say, it's great. It's glorious. It's wonderful. You shouldn't, you want this. You need this. And they stare, they stare at you like eyes glazed over like, why would I want to do that? And you, you just, you want to bring your something. <laughs> it's just like how can you not want this this is so wonderful but blindness is a real condition now think about it take this to the next step we all we, all, we understand these principles here salvation if you look up words in the Greek uh, words like uh, soteria and sozo. There are words that define the word salvation. We find it means a whole lot more than going to heaven, right? It means preservation and protection. It means healing in our bodies. It means all kinds of wonderful good stuff. It's a complete package deal, okay? When you get saved. If someone doesn't enter into eternal life and receive the forgiveness of their sins because they're blind, what's the reason why others don't enter into the fullness of God's promises and blessings and provision of the cross? You know what it is? It's the same thing. It is blindness that also keeps even saved people, even believers, out of the fullness of God's promises and His blessings in our lives. So it should be of top priority, of utmost desire for all of us to see to hear, to understand, so we can make adjustments and turn and be healed. Are you listening? If, if, you, are, if you are one who, who has struggled with physical problems in your body, I would seriously put a whole lot of effort into heart content and heart condition. So you'll see it. So you'll hear it. So you'll understand and you'll receive what the Lord has for you. Praise God. Now, uh, too often people live short of the abundant life that Jesus gave them. But here's one thing that's interesting about this thing. is, uh, And I want to look at Hebrews 5 while I'm talking, if you want to go there. But uh, Jesus said, the hearts of this people have grown dull. Do you notice they didn't just instantly become dull? It didn't happen on a dime. It didn't happen overnight. Do you also notice he didn't say the hearts of these people, they were born dull. See, you and I, we weren't born with some inability to hear from God. We weren't born with, an, with a lack of capacity to understand spiritual things. Just the opposite's the case. That's why you see sometimes very young children having experiences with God. I was, I was, I was teaching one of our... Uh, our growth track classes uh, a cu- couple months ago and, and, and I, I was talking about how we believe in life and Jesus told us lay hands on the sick and they'll recover and I, I was explaining why we exist and the, the thing, why we do the things we do and someone, someone uh, uh, piped up and lifted their hand and they said yeah my child 
They were in the they were in the children's ministry, and they had all these problems, and all the kids laid hands on them, and and, and they were healed. They've never had that problem since that day. What's going on there? <laughs> See, it is sometimes we do ourselves damage by thinking I'm more knowledgeable now. You know. I've studied, I've learned, I've developed, I have street smarts, and I have all this education, and I've prayed, and all this stuff. And so, and so what? You might want to go to one of the, one of the four-year-olds and have them pray for you. Just, just saying. Is all the rest of that bad? No, that's just not the issue. Okay? A heart condition can exist in a very positive way, even if someone has not a lot of experience or education or anything. And, and very often you can have someone on the other end of the spectrum. They do have a lot going for them in their life, but they have a stupid heart. They're dull. It's not receptive. That's more important than anything. Hallelujah. You remember Jesus even, he would uh, praise this condition, it's called childlike faith. If you had faith as a child. As a child? What do you mean? I can quote, you know, lots of verses. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I know that one too. And Well, <laughs> apparently, though, childlike faith is powerful. It's receptive. It does things. And it, again, is not conditioned upon a vast amount of knowledge, but it is a tenderness. It is a openness. It is a receptivity. You know, I've seen individuals, I remember one time going on a, uh, taking a trip, uh, a missions trip, taking a group, and one, one uh, young lady on the, group, uh, on the trip had just gotten born again weeks before. I was hesitant to even take this person along, but ended up, she came along, and all of us who were been, been, you know, walking with the Lord for quite a while. We're on the airplane just kind of doing our business and doing whatever. She's over there getting everyone saved. <laughs> on the airplane. I say everyone. I'm exaggerating a little bit. But, it, uh, but literally leading people to the Lord on the airplane. Not waiting for the mission field, you know, where they're, where they're open. <laughs> just pretending like even like Americans might need saved. And how much knowledge did she have? Almost zero. I mean, just enough to say God loves you. Jesus died for your sins and he changed my life. And that worked. I sure hope we don't grow away from that the further we develop. I think we're developing wrong. I think we've got some, you know, wrong shaped cast on or something if we're developing away from that. Hebrews chapter 5. Everybody got it? Hebrews chapter 5, Paul was teaching here about a guy named Melchizedek. All right, you know him? Melchizedek, good guy. Kind of confusing when you read about him in Scripture because he, you know, didn't have a mother and a father and he had to have. And Anyway, he's talking about him and I just want to pick up the principle here. All right. He said, of whom, verse 11, of whom we have much to say. And hard to explain. Now, if we stop right there, hard to explain. What would you say to a teacher who's saying, you know, 
I want to explain about this, but it's hard, it's difficult. Sometimes you might immediately say, well, why don't you study it out a little bit and then come back? Why don't you get prepared and then you come back and teach us where it's not so hard? But that was, it wasn't the case that Paul didn't know enough about him and about that stuff. He said, I have much to say. My heart is full. I have an abundance of things to talk to you about. But, very difficult, since you have become so dull of hearing. It's a different Greek word here, but it, it basically is very similar. Literally, it means lazy. Figuratively, again, means stupid. Same, same definition is given there. He said, I have a lot to say. It is hard because you guys are so stupid. Now, I'm not saying that. That's just. But what is he? He's describing a heart condition. Do you see that the potential of what God wants to do is very often limited by, by what we are able to receive? And some things just will not be given because they will cause an explosion (laughs) that may harm us. He said it's hard to get out. If you can talk to any uh, pastor, you know, evangelist, apostle, prophet, teacher, those who have spoken to groups, uh, you know, frequently and many times through their life, uh, they will all be able to uh, basically share this principle. That sometimes you can have a word from God, you can understand it well, you can be well prepared, have things laid out, and you can give it to one group, and I tell you, it just flows, there's power on it, there's anointing all over the place, there is such strong utterance given, and it's like, man, that's the greatest thing in the world, and you can go and give the exact same message to a different group, and... That was the hardest day's work of your life. It's just difficult to explain. Hard to give out. There's no utterance given. What is the difference? What's the difference? It is the condition of the hearer. In any service, including this one, there's, a, there's at least three factors I can see uh, that, that are um, components to... What, what takes place? One is, what does God want to do and what does He want to say? We're always seeking the will of God for now. Okay? But here's another one. It's what the person ministering, the worship leaders, the speaker, in, my ca- in this case me right now, what are they able to receive from God and present and, and, and talk about? And then the third factor is this. It is the condition of the hearers. It varies sometimes between 9.30 and 11.30 a good bit. It really does. It really does. Sometimes there's a really big difference. And that's because the condition of a person's heart determines what God is going to give. It's kind of like when Jesus talked about don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't, don't give what is holy to dogs. It's this principle when someone values the things of God, he's ready to deliver. When someone has great respect and they honor his word and his ways and his plan, it's like he's ready to pour it out. But if someone doesn't give a rip, if someone is look staring at the wall and they could they could hardly care less, of, you know, about about what's happening, let's spare them the responsibility of dealing with this knowledge, huh? And so, 
I think it's real important, and I recognize that I can prepare myself to receive. I can give attention to my inward, inward man, and that enables me to receive more from God. And if I have it, I go up, and I keep going up, and I go up, and I go up, and I go up, if I have the right heart. And if I don't, I'm going to lose what I have. Thank you, Lord. Every time we have an opportunity, every time we see or have an opportunity to turn away intentionally, we stupefy our hearts. We dull them. We callous them over. Whenever God speaks, God moves, God acts, God gives, and we do one of those. I don't want to look at that. I don't know about that. And we close ourselves off to it. We're closing ourselves off to more than we realize. We really are because there is so much potential. And I can't wait to see how far someone can take this. I'm hoping to be the one that sees how far the potential of a God-possessed human being can go. I I, want to know, what's the maximum here? I see what Enoch did, and he just kind of disappeared. I see what people did. uh, I want to push it farther. I want to see who will take this thing over the top. And every time God speaks, they value it, they treasure it, and keep their eyes wide open. And they look at it even if they don't want to look at it right now. And then they listen to it even if it's a little bit different than what they've heard before. And they do it with the intent of understanding and turning and enjoying God's healing and His best. Sometimes, listen, a refusal to look at a, at a subject, an area of our life, a scripture, a refusal to look at something is a symptom of this type of heart. I'll hear words in this box. I'll receive messages that are defined this way. But if you start messing with my, hmm, you start talking about my, hmm, 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 then I'm not going to hear that. And bless God, I, you know, I've had someone tell me, if I ever, if I was ever in a church and they started saying this, I would just walk out. I, I said, really? And it would be that bad just to hear someone say that? Just, that's a rebellious heart. It is. And what we need to watch out for, watch out for, is that we are not closing our eyes intentionally because something we didn't see it that way before we didn't we've never heard it that way or that's not the way we've understood it or accepted it and so we're closing ourselves off to it man that's an unchangeable person hallelujah how how, how can we fix this I, i want to finish today how can we fix this a lot of it is kind of built into the deal if i've looked away look back if i've closed my eyes Open and look at it. How many know if you've had your eyes closed or if you've been in a, let's say, in a dark room and you walk out into the bright sunlight? It's like, it doesn't feel real good at first. But if you want to adjust, if you want to adapt to the light, uh, don't close your eyes. You've got to kind of work your way into it. 
So you can stand there in the light with eyes wide open and see. And eventually you can. We've got to look back. We've got to sometimes hear what's hard to hear. We've got to look at things that may be unpleasant. We've got to deal with our lives in accordance with reality. If there's something we don't want to look at, listen, we've all been there. I'm not throwing stones at anybody. But how many know if an alcoholic wants to get free, they have to come to a place where they admit and acknowledge reality. They have to acknowledge where they are. They have to look it straight in the eye, straight in the face and say, yeah, this is who I am. This is my problem. This is the deal. And if they won't do that, they're not going to get free. And really, it comes, it comes to all of us. Where, whatever subject we're talking about, whether a bondage like that or an addiction, or just, man, my prayer, my prayer life, I just don't get answers and I'm ready to admit it. I mean, could we be honest about stuff? And say, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I'm not seeing results. Okay, now we're ready to start seeing things. I don't mean stay in a position like that, but I mean we acknowledge and say, okay, now God can teach me. Now He can open my eyes. Now I can start hearing again. And what happens is just like the calluses came gradually, just like a person's heart became or grew into a dull place, now we start reversing it. And we start filing them off. Huh? Now we start reversing. All of a sudden, man, I'm hearing more. I'm seeing more. I'm being honest with myself and honest before God and looking at things the way they really are. And I'm understanding. I see that. I see that. Oh, wow. I need to turn. I need to do this life a little bit different. And what happens when we do? There's the blessing of God right there. Healing. Thank you, Lord. You know, I'm going to... I want to stop, but uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, there's an outstanding prayer. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, 16, 17, 18. Paul was praying that for the church at Ephesus. And you know what he was praying? They were already saved, all right? So it's like a bunch of us. They're already saved. He said, I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Other translations will say the eyes of your heart would be opened. If you could pray that for them, think we could pray that today? I encourage you to do so. Pray it for others, for yourself, for me, for the church. For Let's do, let's do eyes open stuff. And as the Lord shows us, don't look away now. If He shows you something, receive it. Be receptive. And if you have that heart, you'll increase more and more. Amen, amen, amen.